Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. Good afternoon, everyone. How many know that the blood will not lose its power? Amen. I'm so thankful that God has brought me through. And if y'all know if you know this, but at each time as I present the word of God, he held back my coffin until I was finished. And I want to tell you that God is still in the miracle working business today. So I want to thank the God for that tonight. <clears throat> I am so excited and I feel such an honor to be able to be here with you tonight. You know, preaching God's word is a privilege and it shouldn't be taken for granted. You know, at one point in my life, I couldn't read up until I was the age of about 14, 15. So to be able to read scripture is a privilege and should not be taken for granted. And so, brothers and sisters, I still want to just tell you that God can still do things today. The things he does is not just in the past, but he's still working in people's lives today. Amen, amen, amen. You know, at one point I was training to be a boxer, and the Lord called me out of boxing to fight for him. And I'm thankful that he took me out of that, so I no longer fight with flesh, but against principalities. What do you say? Amen, amen. I'm so thankful to be here, and I want to share a word from you tonight. Found in the book of Luke, chapter 18. I want to ask that you may stand to your feet as we get into tonight's word, Luke chapter 18 and verse 35. Just want to take the story and add something different to it. Let us pray. Father, I want to thank you tonight for the privilege of being able to present your word. I want to thank you for the power and strength that you have given each of us to be here tonight. Fill me, Lord, I pray. Fill me now. Fill my cup, Jesus. Please come and fill me now. Be with us tonight and bring us closer to you as we are uniting with Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Remain standing. Just remain standing in reverence of God's word. Tonight, we're dealing with the topic or the section of Uniting with Christ. Luke chapter 18, verse 35, the word of God says, As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. Verse 38 is a sweet verse because it says, and he called out Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I want some mercy. What do you say? It was about 4 p.m. You may be seated. It was about 4 p.m. that afternoon as I was sitting on the couch getting ready to go out and play with my friends, all of a sudden the phone rang. 
And while the phone rang, I picked up the phone, the house phone, and it was my school counselor who called my home that evening. And I was so glad she spoke to me and not my father. And so I picked up the phone and she said, Mr. Winter, you did not pass the FCAT. And so you will not make it to the ninth grade. You have to repeat the eighth grade. Now, this was the worst news I could have ever heard because a few weeks before, I got into a fight with the gang at the school, and I knew if I went back, they would have got me again, and all my friends who were with me graduated and went on to high school. So, I, as I was talking to her, I said, listen, ma'am, you know, I'm disappointed that I failed, but... If it's God's will, I trust that God is going to make a way. Now, to add a little bit of context to the story, I wasn't a Christian at the time. But all of a sudden, I felt faith coming up in me. And so, I got off the phone with her and I said, ma'am, I believe in God and I believe that God is going to do something. Anybody just ever had radical faith? And so, I got off the phone with the lady. The Holy Spirit said to me, kneel down and pray. So I knelt down and prayed in my living room. And while I was praying in my living room, my father walks by and I told him that I just failed the eighth grade. And you could hear the cussing and the bad word all throughout the house. And brothers and sisters, the Spirit of God said to me again, just keep on praying. So I got up. After I felt a peace and I was about to walk out the front door and as soon as I lift up my feet to touch the pavement, the phone begins to ring. So I got in the kitchen, I picked up the phone and I answered the phone. She said, Mr. Winter, I said, here he is. She said, you know, all of a sudden we felt a change come over us in the office and we're calling to tell you that you are now going to high school. What do you say? And I, when, I, when she said that to me, I, I, I went to my dad and I said, I tell you that Jesus is still living today. The little bit of faith I had, God honored it. And the woman said to me that something came over her. And she is allowing me. To go to the ninth grade. And I can imagine something came over the blind man too. Jesus has just left Fourth Lauderdale. And now he's headed to Miami. Cameras are flashing and people are taking out their iPhone 6 and their Androids to capture the moment. Videos are being posted on Facebook and YouTube of his miracles. Thousands have gathered to witness the miraculous healings, the blind seeing, the dumb talking, and the deaf hearing. Jesus now is surrounded by new supporters such as Anderson Cooper, Don Lemon, and Ed Henry, who are trying to interview him to validate his claims as the Messiah. People are standing in line with their loved ones and their friends who are suffering with various kinds of diseases and ailments. 
People have left near and far to witness the miracles of healings taking place. Thousands of people are walking on I-95, blocking traffic, and, and some have even traveled on donkeys, taxi cabs, and buses to see Jesus. Jesus now makes his final stop at Saving Grace. Hundreds of people are on the outside waiting to be healed. Many have come with HIV AIDS, but with one touch, they are sickness free. Many came with lupus and cancer, but with one touch, they are sickness free. Many came with heart disease and kidney failure and high blood pressure, but with one touch, they are sickness free. Many came that day with broken marriages and dysfunctional families and unhappy lives, but with one touch, they are sickness free. Dr. Luke tells us that on this particular day, a blind man was sitting on the side of the road. The sun was shining, the wind was blowing, and the flowers were blooming. But it didn't make a difference to this man because he was blind. Some scholars even say that he was blind from birth. With no friends or family, he is left abandoned to, and to fend for himself. Luke doesn't tell us anything about a blind man, but he doesn't tell us anything about his history. Only thing Luke tells us that he is blind and he's a beggar. He was at the mercy of others. He could not provide for himself. He was confined to the street corner, begging and hoping that someone would drop a dollar or two in his bucket. Some of us here this evening are come here and sitting down, but we feel like we're on the roadside of life and things are not getting better but worse. You're here, you may not be blind, but you may not have hope or courage. The sun doesn't seem to be shining in your life. Clouds seem to be resting over your head. And rain seems to be falling in your life. And you're asking God, like the blind man, when will you come through for me? Here's a serious thing about the text. How can a blind man receive his sight? They didn't have social workers or hospitals that he could go to. There was no high-tech medical equipment that could help him to see. There was no Social Security or Medicaid that he could benefit from. There was no nursing homes or homeless shelters that he could go to. He didn't receive a check in the mail for his disability. His life was one that was hopeless and filled with despair. He had his hand out and he was receiving money. But the things that he was receiving did not solve his problems. At the end of the day, he was still blind. At the end of the day, he was still homeless. At the end of the day, he had no family members or friends. And some are at the roadside of life, holding your hand out, 
but we are only receiving brokenness and unhappiness. We have our hands out, but we are only receiving despair. We are wondering, will Jesus come down our streets? Luke says that he hears the crowd coming and he asks the crowd, what is it and who is passing by? Bartimaeus knew that something was different about this day. He quickly inquired what was happening. They said to him that Jesus is passing by. Because when Jesus is passing by, something will always happen. You listening to me today. Notice, when he heard that Jesus was passing by, he did not stay seated. He did not sit there. But the Bible says he jumped to his feet because he knew that something was about to happen. And I want to tell you this evening, when Jesus is passing by, we can't just stay seated, but we have to take advantage of the moment. Didn't stay defeated, but he got up. I want to tell you this evening that Jesus is passing by. Are you going to jump to your feet today? Both Luke and Mark tells us that people, while Jesus is passing by, they when, he, when the blind man asked him, the people responded that Jesus of Nazareth, hear me, is passing by. Now this is significant because Bartimaeus called Jesus son of David. You see, the people identified Christ as Jesus of, of Nazareth because many of them did not believe that he was the Messiah. They only saw him as Jesus of Nazareth, which implies that they only saw Jesus as an ordinary man. They only saw him as the one that took the five loaves and the three fishes. But the blind man believed Jesus to be son of David. The one who multiplied the fish and loaves and fed the 5,000. They saw Jesus of Nazareth, the one who slept in the ship. But the blind man believed him to be son of David, who told the winds and the wave, peace be still. They saw him as Jesus of Nazareth, the one who sat in the boat. But Bartimaeus saw him as son of David, the one who walked on water. The crowd saw him just as ordinary man. They did not see him as the king of heaven. But hear me this evening, Bartimaeus, though he was blind, he was able to see what other people weren't seeing. We got to be careful that Jesus don't pass us by too. Imagine if Bartimaeus had waited shortly after his trip when he passed Bartimaeus. He died in Jerusalem. 
He wanted more than what he was receiving. He wanted to be healed. Anyone in here knows what it's like to feel lonely and discouraged? I do. Can't see your way out? I know what that feels like. Don't know what to do next? Can't find money for school? Don't know how the marriage is going to work? Can't get enough money to pay for bills? Can't seem to get the wife or husband to love and respect one another? Children are not listening. And this was the blind man's everyday reality. He had no peace. He had no joy. What we took for granted was a privilege for him. We take the scene, the sun, moon, and stars for granted. But Bartholomew couldn't tell you what the sun looked like. He couldn't tell you what the moon looked like. All he could do is hear and feel. And I've come by here to tell you this evening that Jesus, son of David, is passing by. The noise of the people is heard from miles away. The crowd kept getting bigger and bigger because Jesus was in the neighborhood. The blind man must have heard his bucket next to him rattling and his coins bouncing around. He wondered what could this be. Afraid and worried, Mark and Luke tells us that he jumps to his feet. He probably heard people, hear me now, talking about Jesus and about how they had healed them. And so now faith sprung up in him. He had never seen Jesus, but Bartimaeus believed because other people testified about Jesus. And I want to tell you this evening that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The blind man couldn't see the miracles, but he believed because of what other people were saying. And I want to tell you this evening that though some people may not witness or see God the way we do, we should not keep quiet when God does something for us because they may believe based upon how we describe our Jesus. They may believe just because of your testimony. The blind man waited. Jesus would have passed him by and he would have never gotten healed. And I want to tell you today that we are not on our time. We are on God's time. He took advantage of the moment. You see, Judas walked with Christ, but Jesus passed him by. The Pharisees heard Jesus' preaching, but Jesus still passed them by. Herod heard John testifying about the Messiah to come, yet Jesus passed him by too. And sometimes if we're not careful, we could grow up in church, we could sing about Jesus, and Jesus can pass us by too. So finally, the crowd became closer 
and he kept on shouting at the top of his lungs. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He needed mercy. He needed peace. And he needed healing. Even though he was blind, Bartimaeus could see the impossible. He could see the inconceivable. Because though he did not have physical eyesight, he could see because he had faith. He was able to see what the crowd could not see. Because he was blind, listen to me, the Holy Spirit was still working on him. And God worked through his physical ailment and revealed spiritual things to him. That's why when Jesus was passing by, he could recognize he was son of David. That tells me that God is not limited based upon our physical condition. But God can work through anything. He was blind physically, but he could see spiritually. Some may not be blind physically, but they are blind spiritually. Blinded by money. Blinded by women. Blinded by problems. How many people, like this blind man this evening, want Jesus to pass down your street? Some may not be blind, but they are facing life-threatening decisions. Some may not be blind, but their job is on the line. Some may not be blind, but things are not getting better. And you're sitting on a street corner of life like the blind man, hoping that someone may have mercy on you. Hoping that someone will drop an encouraging word or two in your bucket. Hoping that someone will lift you out of despair. But Jesus is passing by tonight and he wants to heal us from everything that is hindering us from getting closer to him. You have to believe that God will never forsake you or leave you. So, when the devil whisper lies in your ears, brothers and sisters, as people of God, we must learn how to shake it off. The story is told of a man with a mule. And his mule was getting old, and he could not function anymore. So his friends came to his house, and his friends said to him, Listen, man, why don't you just get rid of this old mule because he can't function or do the work that you need him to do. The man loved his mule so much. He couldn't imagine shooting his mule. So what he did, he dug a ditch. And he dug a, dug a pit. And he threw the mule down in it. And when the mule got down in it, he saw the mule looking at him. And he felt so sorry for the mule. So what he decided to do was that he said, you know what? I can't shoot my mule, so let me just bury him alive. So 
he began to shovel and he threw dirt on the mule's back. But when the dirt got on the mule's back, the mule kept shaking the dirt off and he stood on the dirt and he rised. So the man said, you know what? He kept throwing more dirt and the mule would just shake the dirt off and the mule just rise. Are you listening to me tonight? And listen to me. Eventually, he was looking the mule face to face. Are you hearing me? And when Satan throws things on you, we got to shake that stuff off. We got to rise. When people try to discourage you, you got to learn how to shake that stuff off. When hypocrites at church talk about you, just shake it off. When problems are surmountable, you got to learn how to shake it off. The blind man kept shaking the people off when they told him to shut up. And he jumped to his feet and he cried out, Jesus, son of David. Now listen to this. The crowd shouted and tried to hush him up. But isn't that something? Sometimes when we get trying to get closer to Jesus, church people know how to stand between us and the Savior. It was church people telling him to be quiet. Hindering the blind man from coming closer to God. And we got to be careful that we don't become an obstacle sometimes. Church people told him to be quiet and stop the hollering. But I want to tell you today, don't let anybody discourage you or keep you from coming to Jesus. Because nobody has a heaven or hell to put you in. God ain't going to ask you, why didn't you make it? You're going to tell him, Lord, because people said this and no. He's going to say that we are all responsible for our eternal destiny. Are you listening to me? We can't point the finger. But the blind man did not let people, and I hear people say it all the time, well, I don't want to come back to church because church are filled with hypocrites. Well, join the club because all of us are hypocrites in one way or another. And God is working on all of us. Are you hearing me tonight? People won't, don't want to come to church. And they use the excuse, well, church people, this and that. But you don't refuse to go to a hospital. People are hypocrites in the hospital too. But why? We go because we need the help. Huh? How much more do we need spiritual healing? He wanted a new life. He was tired of how he was living. He was tired of running with the devil. He was tired of the infliction of blindness. He was desperate. Because he doesn't know if Jesus will pass by again. I want to emphasize that point. He does not know. If Jesus is going to pass him by again. And you know that morning when I saw the gun pointed at me. When I was in the house when they killed my stepfather. I thought about that morning 
how many opportunities God had given me to accept him, but I allowed Jesus to pass by. I didn't accept him because I wanted to run around and do foolishness. But now I was facing death. And a blind man is here and he's thinking about his eternal future. And I believe Bartholomew wanted more than just to see physically. I'll show you in the text. He couldn't put Jesus off because he knew that Jesus was not only going to heal him, but offer him eternal life. And brothers and sisters, being able to see without eternal life is better for us not to see at all and to have eternal life. Are you listening to me? He wanted more than just physical healing. And our, each of us, our desire should be just to have more, more than money and success and education. Those things are fine, but what is it? If you gain the world and yet lose your soul. Salvation was knocking at his door. And he could not put Jesus off. Because he didn't know if Jesus was going to pass by again. I want to tell you tonight. Don't put Jesus off because he <laughs> wants to open your eyes. The man begins to call Jesus. Son of David. Have mercy on me. Because. He knew that Jesus could do something. About his problem. So Jesus stops. Hear this. And he tells the crowd. That they need to be quiet. And he tells the crowd. That they need to bring the man to him. And I want to tell you that. When people are against you. Sometimes in life. Jesus will stand there with you and he will fight your battle and told, tell them to be quiet. Blind man had a defender. And I want to tell you today, no matter what Jesus is doing, he is never too busy for you and I. He was on his way for, to Jerusalem, yet he could find a time to stop and minister to this one blind man. So Jesus now asks him the question, what can I do for you? Now, Sister Barrett, I've always wondered about this question. How would I have answered if Jesus came to me and says, oh, Shane, what could I do for you? I probably would have told him, Lord, can you pay off Sally Mae from all the student loans I got? Or some of us would say, Lord, what? I'll tell you what you can do for me. Give me a nice husband. Give me a nice wife. Give me something, Lord. But Bartholomew wanted more than just physical things. Listen to this. He asks, Jesus asked him, what could I do for you? Now I want to ask, what would you have answered? If God of the universe told you to ask anything and he would give it to you. 
And I believe Jesus was asking them the question also to test him. Jesus is asking some people tonight, what can I do for you? He just doesn't want to heal us, but he wants to give us eternal life. The man said, Lord, I want to receive my sight. But listen to this. The man not only received physical sight, he received eternal life. Brothers and sisters, listen to me today. He is going to a place where there will no longer be any blindness anymore. And that's where I want to be. Where I don't have to worry about preaching and having a cold and a sore throat. Huh? I want to be there where there will be no more kids dying or anything that separates us from our loved ones. Bartholomew is going there. Are we too? Having sight without Jesus is like having sight, not having sight at all. For what does a profit a man to gain the whole world, Jesus asked, and yet lose his own soul? Some may not be blind, but they have other things that they are facing. The Bible says that a man begins to leap and he jumps for joy. And he follows Jesus on his journey. And I want to tell you today, sometimes we read over this too fast. The Bible says when Jesus healed him, he jumped to his feet. And then after he jumped to his feet, the Bible says that he followed Jesus on his journey. Sometimes after God heals us, we stop following Jesus right there. And when we are in problems, we call, oh, God, help me. And as soon as he does it, we stop following him. But Bartholomew showed us an example that when Jesus does something, we ought to keep following him. What do you say? The mistake that many make is when Jesus does something for them, they forget. Jesus is asking the question, what can I do for you? He wants to take away whatever your blindness is. Jesus wants to open our eyes so that we can see tonight. Mark and Luke tells us as I'm closing in a second, that when Jesus called him in Mark's version, that Bartholomew gets up and he throws his cloak off. His cloak was the upper garment that they would wear in his time. Now that's significant because he threw it off and he ran to Jesus. You see, he, some commentator says that he threw his cloak off because his cloak would have slowed him down while running to Jesus. And I want to tell you tonight, some of us got some cloaks on that's slowing us down while we're trying to get to Jesus. Our cloak may be music. Cloak may be certain movies that we are watching. 
certain friends, and we need to throw those things off. The cloak, some scholars say, also represents his righteousness. That he threw off his own righteousness and took on Jesus' righteousness. Jesus is asking us to throw that dirty cloak off and put on his cloak. Jesus says in his word that take my yoke upon me for his burden is easy. You know why Jesus says that? Because in his day when, the, when they were plowing the field, an older cow would be there with the younger cow and both of them would have the yoke on their neck. And you see the older cow would bear most of the burden. And the older cow was there to teach the younger cow how to plow the field. So, the younger cow never really bared the heavy weight of the burden while they were plowing the field. So, when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, what he's saying that I'm carrying most of the weight. And you don't have to carry most of the weight. Because his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. Bartimaeus understood that. And he followed Jesus. I want to tell you tonight that Jesus is coming back again. And when he comes, I want to go. And I hope you want to go too. Because the last time I saw Jesus, he had nails in his hands. But you see, the next time I see him, he will have a scepter of righteousness in his hands. The last time I saw him, he had a crown of thorns. But the next time I see him, he will have a crown that says, Lord of lords and King of kings. The last time I saw Jesus, he was between two thieves. But the next time I see him, he'll be between thousands of ten thousands of angels. The last time I saw him, he rode on a donkey. But the next time I see Jesus, he will be riding on a chariot of fire. The last time I saw him, he was a lamb. But the next time I saw him, he's a lion. The last time I saw Jesus, he was eating with sinners and prostitutes and tax collectors. But the next time I see him, he will be eating with the redeemed. The last time I saw him, he was beaten and bruised. And thorns were upon his head. But the next time I see him, he will be majestic and glorified. And I ask you tonight that even the blind can see even if they have faith. I want to ask you tonight, what is your desire? Because Jesus is asking the same question like he asked Bartimaeus. What can I do for you? He wants to give you more than just physical things. What can I do for you? What is your request this evening? What is your desire? What would you like Jesus to do for you?
I would like to be closer to him. And I'm wondering what is your response tonight? My brother, you can pray for me. He's asking, what can I do? I want to heal you. I want to help you to see. I want to bring you to a world where you don't have to worry about sickness, death, and diseases. What can I do for you? You know, as I reflect time after time, my stepfather before he got murdered was asked the same question. What can I do for you? As he sat there that evening, as some Adventists came to our home to give him Bible studies, he kept pushing Jesus off because he wasn't ready to stop selling drugs and run the streets. But my mother says every time they would come by the end, he would cry because he could feel God tugging at him. But he never surrendered. And so the morning, I wonder what went through his mind while we were all in the house and the men held him at gunpoint. Christ is asking, what can I do for you? You see, because Jesus wanted to open his eyes too, but he wasn't ready. And he was passed by. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you tonight, don't let him pass you by. Because he's here waiting. When we heard the shots go off, I thought they were coming back for me next. And when I heard it, I said, Lord, don't pass me by today. I need you. Running around and playing games with God. Not taking my spiritual life serious. Brothers and sisters, we don't have as much time as we think. And as I was there that morning, I prayed. I said, God, if you deliver me, I'm going to serve you. And when I made my first prayer, I felt like my prayer went up, hit the ceiling and came down. So I got scared because, you know, I often wonder the reason why I may have felt like that. Because maybe when I prayed the first time, my prayer wasn't sincere because I was just trying to get out of trouble. So I prayed the second time. I said, Lord, I promise you, if you save me, I'm going to serve you. When I sat there, when the man had the gun pointed at me, I felt like my prayer went up again and hit the ceiling, Sister Barrett. And I said to myself, Lord, this is getting serious. So I prayed one more time. I said, Jesus, I've been passing you by. And I know I haven't been serious about you. But I promise you, if you allow me to live, I'm going to serve you. And brothers and sisters, can I tell you? But I felt the third prayer go through. And I'm standing here today to tell you that Jesus wants you to surrender. He doesn't want to pass you by. 
but he can't force you to let him in. As my mother sat across on me that day, I said, Mom, are we going to die? She said, I don't know. And after she said that to me, I said, Lord, just allow me to live. And you know what, brothers and sisters? When we heard the shots go off, I thought they were coming back for me too. So I jumped up. My mama jumped up. And I said, Lord, I'm getting ready to die. But save me. She ran out into the living room. I ran behind her. I looked. And my stepfather had three bullet wounds. One in his chest, in his neck, and one right under his eye. As I stood over him that morning, I remember seeing the life leaving his body. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you today, don't let Jesus pass you by. He died on the spot, they said. And as I often look back to see how much Jesus loves us, how much he loved me, I didn't want to be no preacher. You think I wanted to stand up here and preach? I want to live my life like many of us in the world. But when I tasted Jesus, I realized that I was missing something. And he satisfied me like nothing else could. I want to tell you tonight, never have I looked back since I tasted Jesus. He cleaned me up, elder. Took the ganja away. Clean me up. Stop running the streets. Clean me up. He taught me how to read. Then I got through high school. I was shocked. Then he did another miracle. He put me through college. And then he decided to do a third miracle. He's putting me through grad school. I'm telling you tonight. As our service is closing. I can't emphasize enough. You got to make Jesus the center of your joy. That day when a man preached in church, I'm closing. And as he was preaching in church, when I sat there in church, I said, Lord, I made a promise to you a couple months ago. And I went back on my promise. Can you believe that? After God saved me, I still went back to the world. And after I went back, the man stood in the pulpit and he was preaching. And the Spirit of God says, you better accept me today. And I heard God talking. Another voice said, man, just wait. You're still young. Enjoy life. And that's the temptation of many facing, man, I'm still young. But young people die too. As I stood there today, I never forgot this day. When I was about to leave the service, I said, Lord, I surrender. When I said, Jesus, I surrender, brothers and sisters, listen to me. I felt a freedom I never felt before. And I said to myself, man, I thought that I was free when I was in the world. I thought Christianity was bondage. But I realized that the devil has us deceived. He makes us think following Jesus is bondage and following him is freedom. 
14 years old. I couldn't even walk up the steps because my lungs were so bad from smoking. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you tonight, I know that God is real because he worked in my life personally. This is not just preaching for the sake of or in a textbook I've learned. I know I've experienced Jesus one-on-one and I'm still experiencing him today. Ain't no coughing right now because Jesus is holding it back. Are you listening to me tonight? God wants to save us. And I can't emphasize enough to please don't let the revival end and let Jesus pass you by. He wants to be here with you and live inside of you. I want to give you the opportunity if you feel the Lord calling you to come forward and I just want to pray for your salvation. If it's you, I pray. If you don't come up, I want to say, even speak to me, the pastor, the elder, to please speak to somebody. Because Jesus wants you. Father, I want to pray tonight as we are ending our series. As Bartimaeus sat there day after day, wondering if he would ever see Wondering, will anything come through? Lord, I believe that you must have allowed him to hear people talking about Jesus. And his faith began to grow. Oh, Lord, today as we have talked about you, let somebody else's faith grow. Let them give their lives to you. Oh, Father, I cannot emphasize enough the need to give their lives to you. Father, I want to thank you for this privilege. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to speak through me. Father, I did my best, but Lord, I pray, do the rest. Do the rest, Lord, that no human being can do. Help him or her not to have any peace until they surrender. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for helping me for these few moments to us to speak. Thank you, Jesus. I pray for that individual who hears you calling them that they may surrender to you. We thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is working through this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email at podcast at savinggracesda.org. As the Holy Spirit impresses you, you may also support this ministry financially by visiting savinggracesda.org.